I'm Nick Watson. And I'm Bree Watson. And this is episode 18, so it can vote now. It can go uh, purchase cigarettes in Quebec. Can it? It shouldn't do that. And though. in Ontario, I suppose. No. We have to be 19 to buy cigarettes in Ontario now. Oh, well, that other mystery voice you just heard is our special guest, Jillian English. Oh, hey, Jill. Hi. Yay. Yay. I kermited that. Oh, I thought that was a live studio audience you had for here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Improv. Yeah. Yes. Uh, for those who don't know Jillian, she is a classically trained Shakespearean actor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the artistic director of her theater company, the Theater Elusive. Yes. I feel like I have to put on this weird, fake... Britishy accent. Oh, I thought you were going for that Robert, uh, that guy that does the Inside the Actor Studio yeah, fellow. Yeah, him too. All right. Yes. Is it Robert? A fringe artist <laughs> and uh, an improviser and an Improvisor. actor and an Act- yeah, okay. actor and, and many other things. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Jillian. Thank you for having me. Huzzah for the Jillian. <laughs> that works. Yes. <laughs> Um, so we we have uh, Jill on the show uh, right now, uh, right before she heads off for a two-month tour of Australia. Struth. What? Struth. Isn't that like the, their word for cool or good? No. No? <laughs> if it is, I've never heard it. But... Oh, all right. I gotta double check that as I finish. Maybe it, maybe it is, and I'm just, I'm not cool, and so I've never heard it. Oh, Jill. That's Okay. <laughs> One of the struggles that we deal with is not being cool. Is our cool levels? Yeah, <laughs> improvisers as a whole, not the coolest. Not usually the coolest people at the party. No, improv people at a party. How is their conversation skills? Great. Actually, it that would make sense, right? Yeah, it depends. It depends on the person. Very much. Depends. Our improv party skills, amazing. On fleek. Yeah. I'm going to need the definition for that. I tried on Urban Dictionary, and it was not good enough. It's just, like, on point. Okay. Like my eyebrows. On point. On point. Okay. They, they're not pointy, though. No, but they're perfect. I know. Okay. Oh, is it perfect? Mine are. No, <laughs> I meant the on fleek thing. On it's like, like, it's like they're at the good. top of their game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sports metaphoring it. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, so Jill, why don't you talk to us a little bit about what you're going to be doing in Australia? Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm going on tour. I'm touring my two solo shows, Drag Queen Stole My Dress, which is about how I called off my wedding, and Get Around Me, which is about playing Aussie Rules Football for Team Canada. And I'm doing those at the World Fringe in Perth, uh, first in February, and then in March I will be at the Adelaide Fringe Festival and then I'm going to go do it in Melbourne. I'm not sure where yet. Still looking for a venue. And then I'll come home. Do you hear that, listeners in Melbourne? If you own a theater and you want to host Jill's production, just contact... Jill. Jill. Yeah. <laughs> come at me. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we're looking into different venues and theaters. My friend is helping me. But uh, yeah, hopefully we'll take it for an outing. So why Australia? Why Australia? Well, I mean, I know, but... Yeah. Well, <laughs> I played Aussie Rules football, so I thought it would be really fun to have that show to see how it's received in, in Australia, because it's talking about that. Because Aussie Rules football... Is an Australian sport. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to do it there. 
Uh, also, it's uh, warm down there right now. That's smart. It's very yeah. warm. Uh, so I would like to skip the rest of the Canadian winter. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, it hasn't been a terrible. It hasn't been terrible. Fun. I decided. Weather I... Fun! Yay! But Jill, you're going right when winter has kicked in officially. Yeah. It's pretty wintry out. Mm-hmm. Well planned. Thank you. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I I wanted to do these shows at these big festivals. I have a lot of Australian friends that tour these festivals, and every year around this time, I see their um their posts on Facebook and on Twitter about how much fun they're having and what a cool festival it is. And I figured I don't, um, if I put it off, I'll never do it. So I'll just be like, oh, I'll do it next year. And then next year will come like, oh, I could go next year. Yeah. So I just kind of threw my hat in the ring and off we go. Like Australia is a pretty hard destination for people over here. Because it yeah. is literally what, like the furthest place in the world for Yeah, you, Canada, go any, for you go any further and you're on your way back. Yep. Um, and Adelaide, is Adelaide like the second biggest fringe festival? It is, because mm. Edinburgh is the largest. Yeah. And it has... Nick um, lived in Edinburgh. Yes. Oh. Yeah. So I know the fringes. They have 2,100 shows a day. Yeah. Adelaide has 1,800 shows Oh, wow. A day. So they're not that far behind. I didn't even realize that. I was just like, cool, I'll do Perth, I'll do Adelaide. No, I knew Adelaide was a huge one, but what's the world one? Is this world new? Fringe, it's, uh, apparently it's a relatively new fringe over the last five, six years. Okay. Um, excuse me. Uh, and it's in Perth. Okay. So it's it's, uh, it's a pretty big festival. Like, I would say it's bigger than Toronto Fringe, but not nearly as big as Adelaide. Right. And apparently it's a really nice, like, kind of low-key like relaxed festival that's what everyone's been saying hmm. it's incredibly well attended because people in perth are just all about it and uh, why do they call it the world world fringe i don't know i wasn't consulted in the naming process but okay. uh well you should have been i know <laughs> but um I, I really don't know why they call it world fringe but they do and um great or fringe world or i think it's fringe world world of fringes i don't know i said it once and then my friend corrected me I think it's Fringe World. The Fringe of the World. Nick, mm -hmm. you lived yeah, in Edinburgh. It's Fringe World. Fringe, it's fringe world. world. Okay. You lived in Edinburgh. Well, I was going to do Fringe World Party Time. Excellent. But yeah, I lived in Edinburgh. <laughs> Did you go to a single Fringe show? Uh, well, yeah, because uh, the Fringe takes in all like the stand-up comedy stuff in Edinburgh. Okay. Like, they, count it, they count that as part of the Fringe. Yeah. Um, so I, I saw a couple stand-ups doing that. And I also went to a one-man uh, show <laughs> of Tristram Shandy. Ah. Interesting. That was really good because I was meant to have read that in my 18th century literature class, uh, but I didn't get around to it. So I saw that instead. I was like, eh, that would have been a good book to read. And it was a really cool play. Neat. So I have no idea who put that on, but it was good. Uh, and yeah, French shows are pretty freaking awesome. Uh, they Until do take they're not. Until <laughs> yeah, you're right. I guess some could be. I feel like my initiation to the fringe was when I lived in Ottawa and I was like, this show looks interesting, and it's supposed to be funny, and it has an interesting title. And then I went to see it, and it was the worst. Oh. I was like, this is what the fringe is? No. But that was just a bad place to start. Really yeah. true. Yeah. It was just like a guy on his own, and he had like a screen. Yep. And, and sound effects that he would like play with off his computer. And it just seemed like he was just sucking his own penis the whole time. Oh. Well, I mean, that's kind of impressive. But, you know, no, if you I mean, could do literally, that, I mean, if like you could actually do it, that would be a good show. I would yeah. pay ten dollars to see that. That's for sure. That's yeah. like a next step up from puppetry of the penis, kind of. Or yeah. ask a friend for a comp. You know? Christine von Hagen is the host of that in, in over here. <laughs> no, in Las Vegas. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, well, those guys are a str 
That started off in Australia. Did it? I... Yep. That makes sense. All full circle. That makes sense. Yep. They have very puppet-like peni. Down under. Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, you uh, made I'll the... investigate. <laughs> I'll, I'll look into some undercarriages while I'm there. <laughs> while you're down under. Down yeah. undercarriage. Hi-oh. Jillian doing the good work. That's right. Normally, I don't know who we're talking to. This time, I do Okay. you. But I'm going to erase that and go, how did you get started with the whole Shakespeare thing, Jill? I loved Shakespeare. Okay, that's a good start. Lots so, of people do. I always did, and I found, um, when we were learning it in high school, I was always disappointed because um, every year our teachers really wouldn't know. They didn't have a grasp of Shakespeare. They didn't understand it, and it seemed as though they were more daunted by it than I was. Oh, that's not good. They didn't have Pam as a teacher. So we would end up with, um, <laughs> I think we did Romeo and Juliet twice, maybe three times. What? All right. And, uh... Like, the play or reading it and studying it? Studying it. Yeah. Not performing it. We never really got to... We did a couple musicals when I was up until grade nine, and then the teachers were like, oh, we don't have the energy to do this anymore. Oh. Which, fair. I mean, they didn't exactly have a lot of resources, but... Okay. It was a it was a small school in the middle of nowhere, rural Nova Scotia, so... We won't hold that against them, but no, we, we were studying. So, I think, like, grade nine, we did... Romeo and Juliet, grade 10, we did Hamlet. Then grade mm-hmm. 9, we did Romeo and Juliet again. Yeah, right, and then, yeah, yeah. oh, look at that, we did Hamlet one more time. Oh. So, and I mean, then, they are the biggest heads. <laughs> I'm trying to think, what did you do? We did Romeo and Juliet. Yep, Hamlet. Hamlet was after we did Macbeth. We got the one Macbeth. with Shylock the Jew. The Merchant of Venice. Venice. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> and then we did Macbeth. Yeah. Yep, Macbeth so stood out for me. Oh, and I did Twelfth I... Night as well. Oh, that's good. We... Oh, I did Tempest at University. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, see, I, I did a lot of those in university because I went to University of King's College and then... Went... In Dublin? No, in, in Halifax. All right. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, just, I found it in, in high school, even in my drama class, my drama teacher, she was just an English teacher who had been assigned drama. Yeah. Which, fair, that happens, the way staffing is deployed, but... She was doing these things, and I was just like, this is not, this isn't helpful to, like, teach me drama. And it was all about, like, write a skit, <laughs> shoot me in the head, uh, about, like, why it's bad to do drugs. And she's oh. like, how is this drama class? So, um. But had you known, like, had you taken other dramas? No! Stuff? You just I knew just, you didn't Did like you have it. to pretend you were a tree? They were there. Uh, I have in several occasions. But like, trees. Yeah, but in that in drama class, because that's like a high school drama staple. No, because she just she didn't uh, she just she so she wasn't good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so um, like I I just kind of like went to the library and found like books on acting and books on uh, drama and stuff, and I got like really into drama class, and I almost like I would I'd be like, hey, we should do this exercise, and <laughs> oh cool, all right. So th- that's me. Um, well, it's good. You're driven and you self-taught a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, mean, I want like I wanted it ever since I was a little kid. You know, there was a my mom had a video camera for like my sister's birthday or something, right? It was my sister's fifth birthday, so I would have been like three and a half or four, and I wanted to be on camera, Aww. and I would push the other little girls out of the way so that <laughs> I could be on camera. By that, do you mean your sister? Uh, my sister and her friends. <laughs> um, and then you know, there's a. Uh, there's, like, footage of, you know, my mom takes me away, so I'm, like, kind of off, like, on the side of the thing. The other little girls are doing whatever in front of the camera now, and my mom's like, Jillian, your behavior is inappropriate, and I won't tolerate it. So my mom spoke to me. Uh-huh. Like I was an adult from the beginning. And I was like, but 
they're not doing anything any good, and I, I want to do good things. So if that that's just a nice indication of how my life progressed. Yeah, it's like, oh, uh, I see where this is going from here yeah. <laughs> until now. So, uh, yeah, then I went to, I remember when I got the course catalog for Kings and Dal, like Dalhousie University, because they're kind of this, they're one and the same, but they're really not. Yeah, I remember going through the course catalog and seeing that they had an acting program. And I said to my dad, I was like, Daddy, I could take, I could take acting. And my dad was like, I'm not paying. Oof thousands of dollars for you to dress up in a black leotard and pretend you're a tree. <laughs> uh, he knew. He knew. <laughs> Daddy knew getting into it. But then, um, so I did first year university at King's. I did the foundation year program, which is a really in-depth study of, um, uh, cats, West cats and Western <laughs> thought, uh, and philosophy. So, and, uh, yeah. And then in second year I had a really, I was pre-law. I determined I was going to be a lawyer from like grade nine. I was going to be a lawyer. There was, you know, I really wanted to be an actor, mm -hmm. but I was from rural Nova Scotia and that wasn't really an option. I wanted to, you know, have money to be successful because I was a smart kid and smart kids take the smart kid classes and they do the smart kid careers and that's all there is to it. There you go. <laughs> so I was, I had this really heavy schedule. It was all pre-law um, or like pre-law stuff like history and poli-sci <coughs> and uh, I had one space left in my schedule and I was either going to take intro to law. Uh-huh. Or intro to acting. Cool. And I called my mom, and she was like, take the intro to acting class. Yeah, because you're going to be a lawyer anyway. Well, she was like, your schedule, your your course schedule is so heavy, that'll be a nice easy A for you. It'll yeah. be like a nice little break. You'll have fun. And I think two weeks into that class, I was like, that's it. I'm switching majors. Oh. I'm done. Oh, man. And my parents were... Ah, uh, shit. Uh, man, like, I should have done that <laughs> in my university instead of taking the uh, introduction to Scots Gaelic as elective. <laughs> well chosen. Really specific. And you haven't been to the you, Edinburgh Fringe yet. And you can read the road signs in rural Nova Scotia. There we go. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then I, I started to think about it. I was like, I don't know if the Dalhousie acting program is really that great. Maybe I shouldn't be here. Maybe if I really want to pursue this properly, I should drop out of school and see if I can get into NTS, which is the National Theatre School in Montreal, which is not a degree-granting program. Um, Why not? I, I don't I don't know about their certifications <laughs> and accreditations, but they don't. Why not, Jill? <laughs> they, it's not a degree granting. That doesn't make school. Them, whatever. Um, so, so what do you get? A diploma, I oh, suppose. I so it's like it's more of a college. It's more as a conservatory. Uh, I see. So, but so I was probably building good networking things. Well, for sure, I know a bunch of people who went. Yeah, to it's, that. it's okay, a very cool. good theater school. But uh, I so I was already two years into a degree. And I was you know, saying to my parents I was going to drop out. And, and at that point, they were like, <laughs> Stupid acting. We don't care. <laughs> Be the tree in the leotard. Just get your degree. Oh, okay. Just, um, so the, at that point, they didn't care what I did as long as I finished my degree. I, so I like that you were going for law, which is kind of a performative career as well well like there it, were many conversations around the dining room table where my dad was like but you'd be such a great litigator and that's like acting that's a performance <laughs> thing and I, I eventually i had to be like i'm really connecting with jill's dad right now no <laughs> i don't like i just i probably would have been a great lawyer miserable i would have yeah. been hateful and i would have i would be the biggest bitch I even thought about law. Imagine if we both met in a different alternate universe and we were both lawyers. Well, I mean, that's how <gasps> you write that web series. Let's do it. <laughs> um, Don't take our idea, internet! Yeah, but then Copyright. I wasn't, uh, when I finished at Dal, I wasn't really happy with the level of training I had received. It was, um, sorry, Dalhousie University, fairly inconsistent. And um, the voice and speech training I had was 
Spectacular. That's good. Spectacular voice and speech training. Acting training, depending on the prof. Eh. Um, but in terms of having a great grasp on what it was I wanted to do, really understanding proper Shakespeare and having a, a really well-rounded classical Shakespearean acting education, no, I did not receive that from Dalhousie. So that's what you wanted, like, sort of off the get-go? You were like, we didn't do enough Shakespeare. It wasn't even that we didn't do enough Shakespeare, is that I just, I wasn't happy with the level of training I received. Right. In you know? general. In general, yeah. You're because like, I want to do more of this. In my, and it might be different now, but in my class there was a lot of, you know, you would perform and I would, I would be finishing my monologue and already the hands of my peers would be up to tell me what I had done wrong. Oh, yeah, oh, that doesn't sound right. It's, no. which, um, you know, constructive criticism is great, but when you put a group of very young people, like between the ages of 19 and 20 to 21 in a room together and these, these dozen people are you're going to be spending all day every day in very close intimate quarters with them for the next four years uh everyone knows how to push everybody's buttons and like there's it's it was a our class was known as one of the most toxic classes people the profs still talk about it um because there were people who just Someone told them they were special when they were very young, and they believed them. Oh, a bunch of muffins coming out. Yeah, and of course, and I didn't really fit in. Surprise, surprise. Uh, So it was, (laughs) I wasn't very pleased with my level of education in performance, because for acting, you really need to create a safe space. There needs to be a very safe space where you feel okay to be vulnerable, where you feel okay to fall down on your face and embarrass yourself but know that you've learned something and you can get back up and try again. Like improv. Like improv, yes. Like you really, when you're learning improv or when you're learning performance, because it is such very vulnerable work, you really do need to create a safe space. Oh, clown too. Yes, clown. Uh, but if if the environment that has been created is toxic and scary and mean, wow. and, and you know that the moment you're done, someone's going to be like, well, Jillian, you know you're capable of better. And uh, that person is not your teacher. Shitty yeah. note. There's some, sh- they're like a... <laughs> just someone you happen to be in class with uh, that you're not a huge fan of um, and they can't even tell you that one no without saying the word like about 50 times. So, like, I feel like, Jillian, like, maybe if, like, you tried, like... Liking? Liking, like... <laughs> I, that, you sound just like that, the girl that I was speaking of. And actually, um, one time she gave me a note and my professor at the time, Jennifer Overton, who was one of the best professors I've had in terms of uh, acting teachers, she counted how many times this girl said the word like, (laughs) and then she said, yeah, so that was a simple sentence. You said like 16 times. Wow. And she said also, please keep in mind, I am teaching this class. You are not. Don't give notes like that. You're embarrassing yourself. Yep. And I was like, oh, Jennifer. Yay. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so I, that's why I applied to Lambda and I went to Lambda to do my master's in. Tell us about Lambda. (laughs) What? More like, what is Lambda? Lambda is the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art. Oh, so London, Ontario. Uh, yes, only <laughs> if London, Ontario were in England. Okay, watch out, though. Don't, London, don't Ontario, shit on London, England. Ontario I'm not shi- too much, though, because this one went to Western. I'm so. not shitting on, <laughs> on London, Ontario. I enjoy that town a lot. I've Yay. been there several times. Uh, but I went, I moved to England, and I did my... Um, Jolly London town. Yes. I did my postgrad there. Uh, it Tell is, me, how was... Harry Potter. <laughs> you mean like I went to Hogwarts? Yeah. 
Uh, actually, Kings in Halifax is a lot more like Hogwarts than Lambda was. Fair enough. Hogwarts is in Scotland. Well then. Anyway, uh, Lambda, it's a, an acting conservatory uh, that has their accreditation through the University of Kent, so they are degree-granting programs. Um, Suck on that, Dal. Dal does grant degrees oh, as shit. well. Oh, shit, Montreal. Yeah, NFC. Yeah. Or NT. No, NFC is something else. Yeah. <laughs> Football. He's lost yeah. in, the, in the acronyms. Ah, WTF. <laughs> Marin. We did our mandatory Marin reference for yeah. the episode. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's, um, it's actually the oldest, um, like, classical Western conservatory. Wait, back in London? Yeah. Yep, okay, right. It's a little bit older than RADA, so RADA would be our main competition. That's the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art. Oh, where's okay, that? Right. Uh, it's also in London, so, um, like, Rickman, Alan Rickman went to RADA. Hey. Yes. <laughs> but Benedict Cumberbatch and Eddie Redmayne went to Lambda. Oh. Brian Cox went to Lambda. Uh, John Lithgow went to Lambda. That surprises me. Donald Sutherland went to Lambda. Yay! Swoozie Kurtz. I don't know who she is. Um, I went to Lambda. Oh, well, we know Jill. Yeah. We do know Jill. <laughs> Check. So it, it's a really, it's a very, very rigorous program where you're in studio between 12 and 14 hours a day Oof. doing all kinds of different things. So lots of voice and speech classes, uh, classical Shakespeare. You're also doing contemporary theatrical work. <laughs> contemporary um, Shakespeare. <laughs> Did I say contemporary? No, no but that, that's because you said classical Shakespeare, and then you're like contemporary and Shakespeare. You, you went to Shakespeare. And then, it's, no, it wasn't. Uh, and then, it's of course, um, Watson brain right there. Yeah. Stage, stage combat. Ooh, playing the oh, playing swords, all that stuff. Yeah. So your your lightsaber game's pretty good too. Then probably. it's good, but I mean, I was watching the people who did their like their two and three year programs at Lambda, and the things they could do with swords was amazing. Oh. I learned one basic sword fight, and it took me a year. So you so, were there for a year. A year. But mm-hmm. that school offers longer degree programs. It does. It, yeah, you okay. can do a two-year program or a three-year program. Okay. Now, when I auditioned, I just checked everything off because right. I had to fly to Toronto from Halifax for my audition, and I didn't want to waste my time or money, so I just applied for all programs. Um, but then the, the head of the drama school was like... You should probably focus. He's like, well, what, what program do you want? I said I wanted to do the one year, and he said that that would be the best year for me anyway because I already had you a already had, yeah, okay, five-year cool. degree. So. It would have been going back and starting over, kind of. But even the, I mean, the level of training is just so much better. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish, honestly, I wish I had done a three-year program at Lambda just to begin with. But I would I would never have known that I wanted to act unless I had been at Dal. So I, I have to thank Dal for the, for the base training they gave me so that I could go on to bigger, better things. No, man, that's that's what it's all about, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's your undergrad. Like, you know, yeah. Found, you're basically just hoping for a good foundation. Yeah. Um, when you were in London, mm-hmm. did you put on any plays? Uh, yeah, at Lambda. I mean, I didn't have time to be doing any kind of outside work. Yeah. Because, like... Like, at like the I end said, of the year, do you put on a... Yeah, so, like, our, my master's thesis kind of thing was a production of Antony and Cleopatra. Hmm. And I played... Which, Nick, you might not know this, she brought and put on here in Toronto. I did yes. not know. No, okay. Well, I, I, I mounted my own production. That's right. Um, but I played Ina Barbus, um, which is Antony's second, or, like, his, his... His a man, his right hand man. Okay. Uh, but you know, Barbus betrays Antony, and he is so oh, heartbroken not... over his betrayal. He, Ina Barbus decides he does not deserve to live anymore, so he wills himself to death. Nice. Wow. It was the hardest acting task I've ever had because you have a start of the monologue where you're like, "Oh man, I am such an asshole. What yeah. have I done?" And by the end of the monologue, <clears throat> you're dead. You you're didn't like, get stabbed oh, in the back. There's I no arrows. You didn't jump off a cliff. <laughs> 
You will yourself to death. It's impressive. It was very difficult. Um, but I had a, my our director was the head of the drama school. Um, so what did you use? Rodney. What did I use? Yeah. I just I just died. You just had to slowly die and die. What did you, what did you use as your like death motivation? What we did a dying was tree. Um, <laughs> no, Rodney. Um, he. He did this thing where he had me close my eyes and do the speech, and he kind of came at me and was poking me from ah! all different parts because the whole thing was about like <coughs> these um, demons surrounding Inabarbus and like. Uh, so you imagined the demons. I imagined essentially like the devil being like a physical presence there, telling like sucking my soul and life force out of me. Death Eater. Yeah. Oh. Everything's Harry so Potter. Harry Potter was involved. Is what you're saying. Yes. Good. Excellent. Yes. Cool. Where'd you put that on? Was it at the... Uh, we did that at the... Um, oh, I forget the name. Sorry. It was like seven years ago. There was, Lambda had a theater. Okay, cool. Um, in Earl's Court. I was hoping to say it was the Globe. No. <laughs> I, saw, I saw several plays at the Globe. How I, is that? Did, it's we have not, did we have a friend who worked there? I have <coughs> friends who have worked there, but... Oh, okay. Um, I, I, I just watched Anonymous last night. Uh, the movie about like positing that Shakespeare didn't write his plays, but oh, it was some, okay. and that was all the plays at the time. It was all uh, periody and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it was the Globe outside performing Shakespeare with like a thunderstorm, rain coming down, and people just listening anyway. It was yeah, amazing. I mean, because when we went there, we were seeing shows in the in the fall, so there, it was a couple times when it was pretty cold. And there was once one of the only plays, might be the only play I walked out of. Um, uh, was Timon... Oh, have I walked out of other shows? No, I'm just laughing. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Your face like, isn't. Ah. <laughs> um, no, it was a, a, a very strange production of Timon of Athens, which is a not oft-performed Shakespeare play for a reason. Yeah. There's um, Pumbaa in this, oh. am I right? <laughs> the, only, the only female characters in Timon of Athens are prostitutes. They don't have any lines. Oh, um, they, they have tough. these... That's a tough job to get. Then. Yeah, There's they no... had these bizarre um, nets hanging from the ceilings with people dressed up as crows on like bungee cords, yeah. and so they would just kind of drop down, like ah, at ah. you, and then like pop back up. It was, it was like, okay, this would not have happened in Shakespeare's time, guys. And then uh, the um, the guy playing Timon, he like got filleted on stage oh, nice. by sure. the prostitutes. I mean, obviously he was probably acting, but from our vantage point, it looked very real. Um, <laughs> this is very important for the scene. And uh, and it was it was very cold and damp that night. And again, oh, so he was using excuses, was he, Joe? Well, no, I, I mean, this is why, why oh, okay. I, I left because it was like Lambda got these tickets for us as part of our education was to see all these great right. West End shows. The, they were still only they were five pound groundling tickets so it's oh, not like man. it cost yeah. that much but uh so we didn't have seats obviously so we're just kind of standing there and it's damp and it's cold and timon's getting sucked off on stage and then uh like it's um intermission and we all just kind of look at each other and I'm like let's go let's fuck it but apparently <laughs> it picked um up. after the intermission he took a poo on stage uh, so we missed that um, uh, i always thought that was an expression <laughs> but I saw other shows at the Globe that were really quite wonderful. I saw the Merry Wives of Windsor, Windsor there, and, and that how was many great. times did they poo in that one? Just twice, ah, but it was like it was a little bit classy. It was, it was more classy. It was classy. <laughs> it, it befits <laughs> the reputation <laughs> and heritage of the Globe, you know. Yeah. No. So, uh, oh, you good baby. Sorry. 
There's a cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I lived in England for a year, and then after we, so there's all kinds of final exams, right, when we did, like, a production of Antony and Cleopatra, and then we had, had a, like, a showcase and final stage combat exams, final, all that stuff. Then we had to be, so everything finishes on, like, a Friday. You have to be in New York by Sunday, have rehearsal on Monday, open on Tuesday, and then we did a bunch of shows in New York. Oh, like, oh, cool. So, but it was all very rapid fire. Yeah. What and, kind of show? Uh, it was, like, a showcase for industry professionals. Yeah, so Ooh. what did like, do? Um, my friend Emily and I, we picked a scene, and we, we, we picked the wrong scene, for sure. We picked a really dramatic play called Mauritius about like a family and someone had lost someone I think like someone had died and there was a stamp collection and we were going to sell stamps for money and it's just the we picked the wrong scene because even after I had like casting directors come up to me and be like that you were great but you look like you should be doing comedy uh, well but I had it really in my mind that I was a very serious actor I see so we did this really serious thing and I was uh. like we should have done something from Matt and Ben Right. We should have done, like... Something a bit more lighthearted. And yeah, so, because in New York, no one even took my headshot. It was really disheartening. But then Aww. everybody in L.A. loved me, and I and I hated L.A. with a fiery passion. <laughs> I did not so, like okay. it. So she also went to L.A. Yeah, okay. so we went to L.A. right after. So we did, like... For the a, same kind of show. Yeah, thing. a week yeah. in New York and then a week in L.A. Is this because the program? Like, this yep. is part of the it's deal? A, it's a program tour. Wow, to get your exposure and stuff like if that? If you can work in uh, Canada and in the United States. Okay. So, like, my friend Lauren Ann was Australian. She wasn't allowed to go on the tour, and she was pretty pissed about it. Okay. Um, but, anyway, uh, yeah. So, so, you were allowed to work in the States? I was allowed to work in Canada. So, it's e- it would be easier for a Canadian to get a work visa for the States right. than a, an Australian. Oh, I see. So, they didn't bother sending the Australians because yeah. they wouldn't be able to. And there, and the there was, lo- yeah. like, lots yeah. of things that film in Canada. So, right, right. Uh, but it, it was mostly fruitless because the, the one agency that was really interested in me in L.A., uh, it was 2008, so, like, the stock market had just... Or 2009, right. it was... Things weren't going well. Yeah, I know. And they were like, okay, so we can never get you a green card, so what we need you to do is go back home to Canada, start on as many feature films as you can, start on oh, as many right. Canadian uh, episodics as you can. If you can just go ahead and be a star... Exactly! Yeah. And, and then like, come back. Thank that you. would be Why great. Why did I not think of that? Thank <laughs> you so much, Los well, Angeles. Well, you're on your way. You <laughs> were on a TV show last year. Yeah, I was, I guess. Um... <laughs> But it's just, it, yeah, so it, that was a thing I did. Um, it's kind of fun just to say. I was like, oh, yeah, I was on, on tour. I was doing my North American tour. Mm, in um, LA, New York. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I did sit next to Jim Parsons on my flight from New York to LA. Oh, that was, that was cool. Sheldon. But I had never seen The Big Bang Theory. Oh. I, but the day before, I won tickets to see Letterman on the street. We, were, we, had, a, we had two shows that day. And there was, we had a break in between, and we were going to go get dinner, and then there was people giving away Letterman tickets in Times Square, because the theater we were performing in was in Times Square. And so I got some tickets, and I was like, who wants to come with me? And all my jaded New York friends were like, no. And I was like, well, I've loved him far longer than I've loved you guys, so bye. (laughs) See ya. And I ditched my friends in the middle of Times Square to go see uh, Letterman. Which is the right thing to do. Obviously. Because I was a solo person, I got to sit real close to the front. sure, yeah. And uh, And it was Jim Parsons was was on the show, and Beyonce. What?! I never knew that. I never know you're that's my, my Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. She had a wind machine and everything. Oh, man. Um, you felt Beyonce's wind? Yeah, <laughs> I did. Uh, and she was promoting that movie Obsessed. 
Oh, so we all got a, we all got Beyonce gift bags on the way out. What? Oh my, and that's, so, oh, that's amazing. I have a t-shirt you that says "Obsessed" that fits t-shirt. perfectly. Nice. Bay knows how to make a shirt for a curvy girl. <laughs> Not, well, she's a curvy girl. Exactly. Yeah. But I also had a like there was a ball hat that went <laughs> Wait, or what? ball cap that went oh. missing. It had like a, a hat for your balls. <laughs> it was a house of house of what's her house of Dion or house of I don't know house of. DeAndre or House of I'm gonna I'm gonna embarrass myself. Sounds more and more racist. <laughs> no, it's it's House of whatever Beyonce's fashion house was. Oh, okay, right, we have House no of idea. Beyonce, yeah. Yeah, so it it was it had one of those on it, but then it um I put it in my suitcase, but I it never made it to L. A. So I think the somebody stole I think it. the maid stole it probably. Uh, what was I gonna say before that? Oh yeah, hadn't you seen Garden State? What Jim Parsons in that? Yeah, he's the one who's like. By the way, it says balls on your forehead. Oh, <laughs> oh I, I didn't the remember nice, the 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 yeah. But he was he was so flight. lovely because I walked. He was in the um, I forget what airline I was flying. It was one of those American ones. It's probably American. It might have been American. <laughs> um, but he was in the like he must have been not famous enough yet for first class. <laughs> so he was flying in coach with me, and he was in like the waiting area. And I walked up to him and was like, "You look so." familiar and he was like oh yeah i know i'm like no i know you from somewhere did we take an acting class at dow or did you go to king's and he's like no no and i was like why didn't he just tell you i'm well, on no because he did eventually i'm like i saw you somewhere though where i saw you last night and he goes yeah I, I was on letterman i was like ah! i was like i was there too where were you seated oh ah! no oh my god but he was he was like no no I, I was, he was like <laughs> I was the guy, I'm, I'm Jim Parsons. And I was like, oh my god, you were so entertaining. Because he was. Beyonce, God love her, she can sing, but as an interviewee, she's boring. Because she won't say anything bad about anybody. Oh, and, yeah. And she won't break, well, she may now, but like at least then she won't break that demeanor of, I am a professional. I'm, not, I'm a professional. I'm yeah. not going to say anything bad. I'm not going to yeah, stray this is from my what, PR line. And exactly, I'm not gonna right? Stay, and I'm not so, stray from that, yeah. Whereas when you're used to, like, if you want, like, a Jennifer Lawrence kind of thing where she's just like, I'm going to fart. Oh. Yeah. You know, I don't care. Mom, give me a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and Jim Parsons was, a, he was just a far more entertaining interviewee. And so we ended up kind of, we ended up sitting next to each other and I told oh him like God, why I, I was that. going to LA and he was very kind and Aww. he was just like, don't let anybody tell you, you can't do it. If you, he's Aww. like, you've made it this far. You can do it. Just don't. He's like, look at me. They told me I, they're like, you're not going to do anything yeah. because of how he looks. Right. And so he's like, if anybody tells you, you can't do something, just, just don't quit. And how are you not a fan of the Big Bang Theory? Just I, based on I really, that. I really enjoyed Jim Parsons on the Big Bang Theory. I think Jim Parsons carries that whole goddamn show. I think that's. I think a lot of people feel only watch it for him. I only watch I like it for like Nova Scotia. Too, there you go. Hmm? I like Galecki on it. Leonard. Yep. Um, what was I gonna say? That's an amazing story. I didn't know how I didn't. That's know so that. great that he's nice. Yeah. Well, well at least in two thousand nine, he was very kind, very gracious. I was gonna say you should have slept with him, but uh, well, yeah. probably not so lucky. I was still engaged at the time. All oh, right, which might lead us to <laughs> you were engaged, Jill. Yes, I was. Did you not know, or is that like a you know what? Life? I didn't. Oh my god, I'm so dumb. I knew you had a wedding dress for that show. And I was like, yeah, it's just, 
But it's like, why, Nick, would somebody own a wedding dress? I was like, nah, I don't Unless know. they called their wedding off five months before. Sure. <laughs> you didn't bother putting the pieces together. No, I don't know. Like, oh, she must be married. It's <laughs> <laughs> moving along. She's got this weird open relationship with some guy we never, ever hear from. I didn't, And it's yeah. totally okay with her writing a show about their weird life. Well, I, I mean, I'm more interested because I because I in discussing like we're talking about struggle mm-hmm. right the show is about artistic struggles yeah, yeah. yeah so I guess I don't know is that something what would you say is your biggest artistic struggle I simultaneously feel like I am doing too much and not enough at the same time mm. Mm, the paradox struggle I always feel like I have zero time to accomplish anything. I have a list in a notebook in my purse right now of creative projects I want to do. And a lot of them have, I've started, I've written scripts. I have, uh, you know, I have ideas for them. I have stuff all ready to go. I may have even purchased props for these things, but I just don't have time. And so it's a matter of deciding what I think is going to be, uh, productive, what might move my career along, what would be an actual good piece of art what has a good story to it but also at the same time I'll be working my butt off and then see somebody else just got something they got like a storytelling show somewhere and I was like well why didn't I get that wait I didn't apply for that shit I need to be working like why haven't I applied to this festival this festival that festival Mm. but then at the same time Brie and I are looking at improv festivals we're looking at sketch festivals comedy festivals uh women in, in comedy festivals we're going to whiffed meetings we're doing like all the women in film and television like we're and then I have a job. I teach. I the I, job is the toughest part, right? Like, because that's yeah. the part that takes it's up the most time. of time in your day. Yeah. But at least I can, with my job, I'm very lucky. So I can kind of, I can write. You can work while you're uh, And I can, I can get a lot of things. Like, people will be like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm writing a press release. I don't even pretend like I'm not doing. Like, because as long as I do the basic parts of my job, which is, I'm a receptionist. So answering the phone. Um, signing in people, making sure people get their files, that clients are happy, and that uh, like kids don't AWOL, um, then they're You're doing good. a job. The, if you're doing writing and stuff, at least that looks like you're doing work work. Oh, yeah. Too. I'm just sitting up, like, you know, typing away, and they're like, oh, you're so busy. I'm like, I really am. I'm yeah. Really yeah. And I am. I am very busy. And then I'll, of course, have Candy Crush going in another window. Oh, okay. Um, I did um, reception for a... Um, uh, like a medical company like I left very shortly after they're like well we're gonna have to start you know you're gonna have to start learning about uh because these were dialysis machines that they were selling I remember when you weren't there like you're gonna have to start learning about how these things work and the whole process of dialysis in order to like but I'm like I'm a receptionist why do I what are you even talking about yeah why do I need to know this stuff and as soon as they started to sort of think of it like that way I was like no nope yeah Well, I mean, I understand where I work. I won't name it because I don't necessarily want them to be associated with me. Yep. (laughs) Not that I don't want to be associated with them, but (laughs) my outside life, they might not want to be associated with me. But um, I I have a very strong, I mean, I've been there for four years and I've worked in eight different departments in various capacities. So I have a very, I have a great understanding of how the place works, but I always, um, something that drives me crazy is they'll call and I'll be like, oh, okay, I can put you through to someone who can answer your question. Well, maybe you can. And I already, I already friggin' know. No, I can't. But they want to ask it anyway. And I'm I try to tell doctor. them that just to save you from having to ask your question twice, please just let me let 
let me put you through to someone who will and who for sure will be able to answer your question. Yeah. And they go, no, 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 no. And they ask me the question. And yeah, I'm like, I don't know. Again, ma'am, I am reception. I do not know exactly how many days it will take for intake for your child. Or I do not know exactly what kind of therapy will best suit your child. I am not a psychologist or psychiatrist or child and youth worker or social worker. But like, you have such a knowledgeable voice. I really do. I have a very authoritative <laughs> voice. But that's, that's sometimes, sometimes just like, I'm putting you through. Bye. And then, and then you get the call right back. Hi, I was just speaking with you. You put me through to so-and-so. They didn't answer. What the fuck do you want me to do about it? Well, yeah, I'm just like, I cannot physically make people pick up their phones. Can uh, you physically make someone? No, you cannot. Stop being stupid. But I'm not allowed to say that. Yeah. So, um. So everyone out there. So, yeah. If you call somewhere and reception says that they cannot answer your question, they're going to put you through. Trust that the reception works there and you don't. And leave a stupid message. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Or not a stupid one. Try a smart message. Or, a, or email them. them. Yeah, email. I under. I don't understand why people still use the phone. We still have faxes at my work, and I don't understand yeah. that. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's bizarre. Someone and, sent me a fax a couple uh, weeks ago, and was like, "Oh, the 1990s called and says thanks for faxing me." <laughs> but you know, we get junk faxes. Yeah. I would oh, say, really? Fifty percent of oh. the faxes we get are like boats. Uh, some some of them are boats, <laughs> or they're for um. There are people, like, we, there was one guy, he was a janitor, I suppose, like a freelance janitor, and he's just faxing people his resume, oh, and man. of course, for that's, any, that's actually smart, because someone's gonna have to clean up all those faxes. Yeah, <laughs> someone who already has that job. Oh, right. Ugh, fell apart. Um, it's just, I, I find it bizarre, because I, I, I know, I don't even, I just look at it to see, like, because you can tell right away if it's a junk fax, right? And then yeah. it goes straight into the recycling. I used to work for various uh, government agencies when I was in Ottawa, and the biggest, Jesus. the biggest one was the Governor General's residence, Sick. and we would get just like the dumbest email, or faxes <laughs> from, not dumb, but just crazy, like obviously crazy crazy rants oh. about the government and the oh. prime minister and then just like you know like, and those were all from stephen harper it was like well, the price <laughs> of the price of bread and blah 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 oh. and you're just like what? what and you can tell they're sending it to like they're sending it to the governor general the prime minister the attorney general they're yeah, sending you got it to a, everybody the big like, head honchos that makes sense <laughs> send an email like you know no, because if you have a fax, there's a physical thing. Uh, Those people had to pay a lot of money for fax machines they back did. then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you gotta they really still use it. Faxes, yeah. We had a fax machine back in the day. My mother was on the health board. Oh. Did we have a fax? Uh, Mom and Dad probably had a scanner situation by the end. Uh, we didn't have. A, we didn't. Never, we never had fax. Okay. We always had to like drive to. The photocopy. For some reason, I want to say Nick's cleaners, but that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Avondale. Probably Avondale. Um, Wellen Pod. <laughs> Yet again, Wellen we need to do it. Uh, Ask all right. more questions. Okay, we... <laughs> Work? Struggle? Okay. You're str what about some of the struggles mm -hmm. in your personal life Okay. that your shows tackle? Okay, yeah. That's good, thank you. I like the double entendre of tackle. Yeah. Tackle, because it's about football. That's right. That's about oh! football. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I am, I, this may come as a shock, I, I'm a very ardent feminist. Um, <laughs> Stop. I no. know. I know it's shocking. Uh, aggressive. 
and she's holding Nick in a headlock. I right didn't now. even do anything. <laughs> you know what you did. Uh, no, I I possess certain qualities about my person that are not typically defined as feminine, and so that has been an issue. Not for me, but for a lot of other people who would prefer that I know my place. Oh, would those be men people? Men people mostly, but then other... Sometimes women... Very rarely, but there'll be women who, you know, because dudes will be like, uh, threatened. Okay. Because if I'm not a delicate feminine flower like you want me to be, if I'm someone, if I am equal to you, that is frightening. Uh. Right? That for them, for a man who's not confident in himself or in his masculinity or in his ego, for a man who is a delicate glass flower, when they encounter me, they are terrified. And that's where the misogyny comes from. That's where, that's where the sexism comes from. That's where the desire to berate and belittle comes so that they can feel superior in that moment. The moment you encounter a woman who is not afraid of you, who will not be uh, diminished by you, that is when a misogynist and a sexist gets scared. And so, then they start acting out. And, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I only know this because I'm a guy. I never, I'm never on the receiving end of any of it. And I'm only seeing it from a lot of, I follow a lot of feminists on Twitter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they talk about their mentions all the time and all the stuff in their feeds that they have to deal with. Yeah. And I'm always like, where the hell are these psychos coming from? Like, it's not something uh, dudes have to deal with at all. Like, no, it, re- it really, really isn't. Uh, I mean, even the other night I was, uh, I was at the subway station and there, there was an altercation between a mother and a daughter. And it's the kind of thing I see at work all the time, but you know, you see it out in the world and the guy I was there with was like, I really want to make sure that that little girl is okay. We should go intervene. And uh-huh. I, I said, okay, intervening at this point, us as strangers, not helpful uh-huh. because I, like, again, I work, I see this stuff all the day at work. So uh, stay here. I'll go back to the collector and make sure that she has an eye on it and that she's called either the police or child okay. protective services. Right, right. I take 10 steps away from my male friend. And he goes to intervene. No. Okay. Uh, a guy. Oh. Another guy blocks my path. Where are you going? Oh, no. You're going to stay here with me, baby. We're oh, gonna God. Play. We're going to have some fun. Oh, shit. Oh, you think this is new? Or... No, 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 I just... This, hap- this happens at least once a week to me. Someone <sighs> decides that they are going to physically block... And I don't know what it is, but this happens to me a lot. They decide they're physically blocking my way so I can't get by. And I was like, look, buddy, I'm doing something else right now. This isn't fun. This isn't entertaining. Get out of my way. Ugh. Oh, oh, you want to play? You oh, want it to be like that? Fuck. I dropped a shoulder on him. Good. So I, like, cause it's my natural go-to. You get your arm nice and strong and straight... Get out of my fucking way. This is why I'm putting Mackie in karate class. That's smart. But, uh, so, and and all I was doing was trying to make sure that a little girl and her mom were going to be okay because there was an altercation uh, taking place. And I went back and my dude friend was like, what the hell was that? I was like, welcome to being a woman. Yep. Holy. And you would say in 2016, but the shit that we go through is the same stuff that my mom went through. Yeah. In the 70s and in the 60s. Some asshole thinks he's entitled to your time, your, your body or well the best was when someone tried to do that to me one time when i was walking down the street with my father uh, but my father was behind me several feet so this guy didn't think that my dad was with the, with me right yeah. and so this guy he put his bike across the Ugh. sidewalk and he uh he because he he was riding his bike on the sidewalk uh really slow and blocking everything and i was like buddy get off the sidewalk ride your bike on the road yeah. And he gets off and he stops and he goes, listen, bitch, you're not going anywhere. What the fuck? 
And I was just like, you know, I don't need my father in this instance. I have it. And I was like, buddy, you want that bike or I'm going to throw it in the friggin' street, but this isn't happening. And he goes, oh, you got a problem with me? Like, and at that point, right I do. my father had caught up uh-huh. and he's just like a giant, uh, angry Nova Scotia man. He's like, he does have a very stern face. Face. Yep. He does have the he has <laughs> he does have the face of someone who is uh, who doesn't have time for any yes. bullshit. And he was just like, "Well, I have a problem with this, <laughs> and I've never seen a man look more like he would just shit his pants." Yeah. <laughs> and he was just like, Ugh! and so uh, Daddy was raring for a fight. He wanted to beat that guy up, and mm. I was like, "But you know what, Dad? That happens to me once a week." Yeah. You're moving back home right now. <laughs> oh no! He my <sighs> I've been this tall since I was eleven. And I had to start wearing a bra when I was 10. So my father saw people look at me in a way he did not appreciate. So that is why I learned at a very young age, how do you break someone's knees? How do you break their feet? Um, How do you, if someone grabs you from behind, how do you get away? How do you uh, temporarily blind someone? Mm -hmm. And then, like, so he taught me all this stuff. And then he was always like, injure them as much as you can and then get away as fast as you can. But so. isn't it bullshit that this is the kind of stuff that you have to learn as yeah, opposed yeah. to a man? Oh, of course. Just, or, or but the, but that's the thing. But being e- even the fact that I know that, yeah. that I know that about myself, that I am confident in my ability to beat the crap out of a man if need be, right. and that I, I do have a full voice, I do not back down, ever, and I don't respect anyone's authority, especially if it's a male authority, and their, their only authority over me is that they have a dick and I don't. Right. I don't respect that. Uh, it presents issues in my life. Like, for the last 16 months, I have been fighting with AFL Canada to get them to do something about my sexual assault when I was representing Canada. That's the Australian Rules Football League of of Canada. Canada. Yeah. Uh, And they they were very, very dismissive of me. They thought that, you know, if they spoke down... How much trouble could this one little brown... They thought if they spoke down to me enough, if they treated me like like I didn't care... Like, they infantilized me... They, uh, they tried to treat me like a child, um, and of course, I'm well aware that I'm a 30-year-old woman with a master's degree, and you can suck my ass before you're gonna treat me like that. You know what? Please I'm... don't, though. Um. Yeah, don't suck. Unless you ask. Unless, unless, unless it's you, consenting. Yeah, exactly. In which case, uh, well, well, well not, not from these people, though. No, you don't but, want them. But, um... uh, yeah, so I've, I've only just managed to make some headway with them yesterday, because we have, there's a new president, and, um, he seems like a human. Yeah. I mean, the amount of, like, reports of institutions dealing with... uh, Abuse. Abuse abuse, all across the board and how seriously this needs to be taken all the time and transparency and shit. I was like, I can't believe you're having to deal with the cock blocking the whole way. Like, they're not... That they weren't doing doing anything. anything. No, of course not. They actually went out of their way not only to try to dismiss me and ignore me, but to cover everything else up to the point where I found out yesterday when I met with this new uh, president, because the old president, uh, he never, during his investigation yeah. into, his, into his own organization, where there was no oversight, uh, there was only, there was three other members from the board that he selected, yeah. um, there are no transcripts, there are no detailed notes, there's no official uh, report document, because I requested it, there isn't one, Yeah. because he, he never contacted me. The entire investigation about my assault, they never contacted me. And when I asked the new president... <laughs> well, what would you know about it? Exactly, what would I know? <laughs> oh, you're biased. <laughs> when, they, uh, when I talked to the new president about it yesterday, he said, well, the notes I saw say that he tried to call you on several occasions oh. and that you refused his phone calls. Now, that is 
like it's just lying. It's yeah. falsified evidence. It's not true. I take any phone call that comes in, no matter what I'm doing, because I'm an actor. It could be work. I answer my damn phone. Yeah. Always. Oh, yeah. I also keep incredible... Uh, Brie knows this about me. I have a, I keep a moleskin book where I write down everywhere I have to be, every appointment I have, every day. It's Jill's Book of Destiny. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jill's Red Book of Destiny. But mine's black. Yeah. Like, my soul. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, so I know where I am. So I, I was like, okay, he says he tried to call me. I want to know at what dates and times. And I will go back through my 2014 and my 2015 book and he can tell me when he tried to call me and I will tell you where and when I was and we'll bring up my call log and see what calls I, I refused. Hmm. This man also personally did, went through the effort of removing his phone number from his email signature to me only hmm. so that I would never have his phone number to call him. When yeah, I was, right. when I was in cadets and this was like over 10 years ago uh, yep they had uh instituted a thing called the cadet harassment and abuse policy mm -hmm. and everybody was you know forced to take training in chap as we called it uh because that was the acronym, acronym. Yeah. and i'm wondering if it was like maybe it was uh because we were minors because we were under 18 that it was such a big deal but it seems to me that all organizations should have this sort of policy in place. Well, they have a policy now that I helped to draft, and I saw a copy of it. Um, and it's but a good... the fact that you had to help to draft it, you know what I mean? Like within, and I wasn't asked. Actually, some of the girls who were in leadership roles, or women, I should say, across Canada in footy, came to me and asked if I would contribute. Cool. And th there's another thing though is the lack of support that you got among your team and, and both they men and women nothing. on your team. I has a question too. Yes. Um, were you the only one here or is there other people that are... I am by by no means the only one. I was the only one attacked in my on attack. That. But when I went public um, after eight months, because everyone kept saying, oh, they're doing it, they're doing it, wait, you know, give them time. And then after eight months, I was no. like, can I please have an update? Yeah. And the only response I got back was, uh, I haven't provided you with an update because there's nothing to tell you yet. I will let you know when there is. Oh, because and I'm not I doing anything. And I lost exactly. my goddamn mind. Um, I was just a ball of rage. So I was like, I'm going public, telling the world. And I got emails from four different women across, the, across Canada that I have played football with. Similar things had happened to them. They had told their coaches, swept under the rug. Well, I spoke to, and this is just like, it's not... A representative of like everybody in general uh, but I spoke to Dan's brother who played rugby mm -hmm. and his brother who lives in Australia they both so uh, they're both rugby players so mm -hmm. I know it's a different sport but they confirmed that that's just it, not just that's very much the behavioral mm -hmm. Uh, that is the culture. Culture of oh, it's these sports. It's got a hands-on culture, does it? It's uh, a it's a it's a pervasive just. But ingrained it's, sense of the men are there. The, that's that's like the, they would the, see it happen, you know, yeah. regularly. And and that's not, a part of it. No exactly. one says it. Okay, oh. when it happened to me, they laughed and clapped and cheered. It was it was better entertainment than TV. That's how not human you are to them. It doesn't make sense that you're both there playing the exact same sport. Oh, and you the women I mean? are the only ones winning, by the way. Right. At the end of the day, if it comes down to let's protect who's winning, uh, let's throw the men under the bus, shall we? Because women are world champions, and the men cannot get out of fifth place. 
Not that that matters, but it's worth noting. Because I'm, I just, I don't understand why, why the protection, why the need to protect the men so much. It is not that they are better well, at football. It, no, it isn't. No. I don't think it's about the sport. It seems like this is across the board for every institution. Oh yeah, like and, it, it's always cover it up. And I don't understand how they still think covering it up is working. It's helpful. Well, that's why I'm so glad they have a new president. Is, yeah. Well, that's the way the, to get change, one right? One of the things I said to him, I was like, I get that AFL is trying to, AFL Canada is trying to protect itself and defend the organization. But what bothers me is that I was a part of AFL Canada. I was playing for AFL Canada. So where are my protectors? Yeah. Where are my defenders? Wouldn't it be in you know, AFL Canada's, like, benefit to stand by, you know, and do something. Yeah, and say, look, we've had this especially before. Especially a loudmouth like this. Well, yeah. It's not like I'm going to be quiet about I mean, it. Even if it was anybody, you know what I mean? It is in their benefit to be like, this happened, this guy was accused, because he was accused and, and, and found guilty of doing it in Australia. To, to, be, to make sure that all the facts okay. are straight, the man who assaulted me was not an AFL Canada player. Right. The man who told him to do it, the man who explicitly said, go stick your hand in her pussy, it'll be funny. Give her a cuddle, buddy. Won't that be funny? He played for Team Canada. Well, he should not be allowed to play He should not. But according to the investigation that took 16 months, they found... Because he wasn't the one who physically touched you. Well, no, they found no evidence. I'm like, of course there is no evidence for a he said, she said that is 16 months gone. Right. Oh, but right? there was a whole but why, why does why does the man's so I have I have other witnesses who spoke up on my behalf. Yeah. They were the people who defended me were interviewed more than once. Everyone who said they didn't see anything, they had a quick little interview, as far as I know. And from they what were it, terribly inebriated, so Oh yeah, the the official letter spent like a third of a page discussing how much people were drunk drinking, as if that bared any relevance at all. So the whole thing is simply disgusting and fabricated and was just like a giant cover-up by this one guy who decided that the the former president of afl canada who decided that i didn't matter what happened to me did not matter i was not worth his time i was not worth losing these guys who can kick footballs really well i mean all they were doing was having fun they got to have a little bit of fun Sure, I lost my sport, my community. I lost my my full grasp on my mental sanity because I now suffer from PTSD. Some I lost. Friends you used I to lost a with? lot yeah. of friends. I lost my fitness. Um, all these things they took from me uh, because they wanted to have fun for a moment, and that's how inhuman I am. I am. I am a five cent bouncy ball that they get out of a vending machine. You play with it and then you throw it away. No, I'm not. I'm a human person who is representing my country and playing sport at the highest possible level. But because I'm a woman, it doesn't matter. And that's my struggle. It's, it's, uh, It's good that guy's not the president anymore. Oh, it's good. It's also good that he lives very far away and that I haven't told my father his address. Anyway, I'm sorry. Daddy's protected. <laughs> it's okay. You didn't do anything. I, I know, but it's like but the I'm thing part is, of the what's culture, re- though. What's really important to remember is that when we say yes, all women, we really do mean yes, all women. And when guys come back saying not all men, all that does is tell me you have not listened, because this is not a we are blaming men. We are not oh, yeah, blaming yeah. all men. Yeah, yeah. 
We are simply saying that this is an experience that, that every single woman has. I am not a special snowflake. I'm just a very loud snowflake. <laughs> um, but the thing is, is uh, in or- if you get defensive when we say yes, all women, as if it's something that we're accusing men of, no. We are simply saying this is our experience. Please listen to us. Please believe us. Please stand by and defend and protect. Not even please. Yeah, just do. Yeah. And so th- there is nothing for me more infuriating than someone like, well, no, no, I'm not like that. Congratulations, you're a normal human. Yeah. That is the base minimum. <laughs> yeah. I need you to do more. What do you think uh, taking this story, this one in particular, mm-hmm. taking that around Australia is going to do for the sport over there? <sighs> I don't know. I'm... I th- I think <laughs> I won't have to explain what Aussie rules is. That's uh, so that's something. That's, yeah. But um, I think if it's prominent here, oh yeah, th- they'll be all it's, over. Well, because the, they're they're um, it's a it's a big issue over there because I've been talking to AFL in Australia, and it won't be only the ladies that were getting touched either. Well, everybody, sexual assault and and rape is not gender specific. Yeah, anybody can be abused. Um, and anyone, especially a man, uh, can be bullied into, oh, you were assaulted, you pansy, you pussy, all this horrible language uh, to try to make people to... To, to shut them put, up. To put you into this weird little gender box where certain things are allowed to happen and not happen. Um, but uh, it's a big issue over there. When I was talking to, to AFL, they were like, look, we know that there's a lot of work we have to do in terms of uh, our relationship with women and and with sexual assault and abuse and we know that mistakes have been made in the past but we are working very hard to correct those mistakes in the future but tackling something as hard as the ingrained culture of misogyny and sexism is not easy and and a lot of people like even here in Canada I played football against some guys who didn't think I deserved to be on the field you know how dare she play this sport with her tits? They weren't all Australian. Oh. Some of them were Canadian. I was just trying to do an yeah. accent. You're bad at that <laughs> accent. Uh, no, it's it's just there are, there are people who, for some reason, they can't explain it to you. Other like they'll say, "Well, that's the way things are," or "That's Kinda, the yeah. way it that's should a shitty be." Argument. This is a this is a woman's thing, and this is a man's thing, and how dare you take this thing from me? Sort of the same as if, way, as, yeah. Like. There's enough of everything to go around. Like, it seems so stupid. Like, like how long ago did women start to, you know, be, or how long, how, how long ago did we get the right to vote? How long ago did we, you know, start being able to go to school? Yeah. You know, that we're still all, having this, all like, special privileges like, oh, were taking away from men. Honestly. But now um, that it's still like occurring in, in just sports, in leisure activities. You my know? God, yeah. <laughs> I, I just want the day where I can walk down the street by myself and without and have to have, without worrying about whether or not I have a bitch face on, without mm. worrying about, like, checking behind my shoulder every couple of blocks, without, uh, you know, making sure I have my keys ready. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know I, I just want to live my life, but... <laughs> With the same amount of comfort as a dude does. Yeah. Where I can walk anywhere anytime and like da 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 i'm gonna go here now that's yep. all i'm thinking about, you don't have to, about i mean you know, i mean there's like if you're walking in a dodgy part of town you might have to worry about but like i mean i 
But see, when you're a woman, all parts are dodgy. Yeah, parts. yeah. I like I. I know it's a problem because whenever I see a girl, like if it's late at night and it's just me and a girl walking, I'm just like, oh, what do I do to not scare the living shit out of this poor lady that has keep to your, walk in the scene? Keep your distance. Yeah. Oh, give, her, that, give, your give her a nice wide berth. <laughs> okay, I could do that. And the other thing is, like, part of me wants to say. I'm going over here just in case you're going to the same place. I'm not following you. Like, but I know that no, would be scary as well. That'll, that'll freak them out. But, it's but just, the, the distance is a good tip. You know what about sports, too? We can stick to this yeah. notion. Just like Jill and I played recreational sports. No. Just for funsies. Like not oh, there's no funsies. Not competitive. It was like the Toronto Sport and Social Club. and I did not enjoy that. And it was still like a bunch of dudes... Who thought they were king of uh, king of the castle? Oh yeah, of, we were only there the because they needed dodgeball. They needed I mean? to have minimum two women, yeah, on the girls field. on on the team so that they could play. Those were the rules. So we weren't there as members of the team. We were there as tokens so yeah. that they could play. <laughs> yep. Exactly, it's filler. Yeah, um, I did not enjoy it. I really didn't like. Well, also Chelsea told those guys that I was an Olympian. So when I showed up, I think they were a little disappointed. Um. <laughs> they were expecting but even Chelsea who had played with them before anyway. well yeah it was just uh I that was they were a like dodgeball dodge, these guys were like whipping balls at our faces yeah oh I got one right in, in the boobs and the guy was like oh did it hurt you sweetheart and oh, me being oh, me I was like what the fuck did you just say to me yeah I was ready to start a brawl go yeah and then they were like you're being too aggressive oh. <laughs> like, That's, that was it like we would play and try to be competitive because they were yeah. And then we would get shit on because we were taking it too far. Yeah. And it was like, well... They didn't want... They wanted girls on their team. I mean, the first question they asked Chelsea when she said that I was going to play was, is she hot? <clears throat> so, uh, they didn't want girls who could play dodgeball or help win. They wanted they wanted cute little girls there Fluff. in cute little you know workout cool? uniforms being like, oh, oh my god, I'm so bad at this, but you're so good. Look how strong you are. After we played soccer, it was in all sorts of sports. There were oh. a couple different sports. After we played I, softball. I quit after dodgeball. I told them they could suck. Or not softball. After we played soccer, they're like, oh, you've played this before. And it's like, yeah, no shit, man. You didn't just pick up a random, like, why does that surprise you? Why does that surprise you that... That is weird, because in Welland, I played in, like, mixed soccer leagues, and it's like, yeah, you have girls on the team. Yeah. It's like... It's just like, oh, you just assume that, you know, we picked random girls off the street who would never, <laughs> what's this? Oh, I can touch it with my hand? No. Oh, <laughs> I'm used to massaging balls, not kicking them. <laughs> that was great. Canada. Um, our women play sports here. Yeah, right. Like our, our, what, well, that was kidding, our hockey an players win gold, you know? What, an interesting thing when I was in Australia, because they have um, netball. Yeah, the basketball for girls. Yeah, and I was like, what the hell is this? Because they're wearing, like, skirts and shit. And I was like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's netball. It's our girl sport. And I was like, you're what? Well, think, like, softball is like girls' baseball over here. But so dudes play softball. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, We're in a softball league. No, I mean, like, rec league, but, like, on the pro level. It's not softball. That's fast pitch. Oh. But it's with a soft... Uh, yeah, it's you're right. softball. All right, fine. I all I know because they were they were just saying to me like oh well, what's the girl sport in your country and I was like we play whatever the fuck we want yeah that hardball I, yeah, I don't know I, I that, baseball that barrier will come down but Hopefully. I I've never had any like it would never occur to me that I have to play the girl sport oh um, right yeah and I don't 
and and also did you not play ringette as a child my sister played ringette before i did and she was so much bigger than all the other kids i think she knocked a girl over and made her cry so she was asked not to come back and then i, <laughs> I the was just I was, I was just as tall and more aggressive so they decided it would be uh <laughs> we're just gonna not... skip the middleman here yeah. i kind of wish i'd been put into hockey that would have been fun but see, my parents offered, play they offered I to didn't... put us into everything, and yeah. me and my sister were both just like, no. So, also, but I, I don't like I, the idea of waking up at five in the morning. Yeah, yeah. that's gross. Yeah. I think there was a lot of touchy-feely stuff going on with hockey and uh, our age, too. Whenever you have a group of kids, and yeah, there was not enough checking going on back in uh, the 70s and 80s. Yeah, you, like, it's all it's all gross. Well, and, dude, we um, went to the church, too, though. Like, <laughs> I think just uh, the burden is on, sorry, guys, but the burden's on you. It's not my responsibility to dress a certain way so you no, don't yeah. me. It's on you That's to That's a bullshit argument. I think that that argument so. is dying off, too, because people are like, shut up. That's dumb. It's like, well, no. I think perhaps you might be operating from a bubble in a certain area of privilege. <gasps> what? Sorry, no, but you're I'm probably a, right. I'm a woman who's been told what I can and cannot no, wear I, frequently. I hear you. I'm from the bubble's point of view. It's starting to get in. Yeah, people yeah. are starting to hear the message. It is. It is. But at the same time, it's it's just I don't, so. That, but you have to like. There's there's a percentage of men too, of course, who are feminist. And who oh yeah, are, that's growing as well. Which is growing, but uh, it's it's not to say that. And they're wonderful, but I mean, I've, I've, so far I've met, I think, one or two that aren't, they're feminists. They're like, oh yeah, it's so cool that you're, fe- oh god, you're terrifying. Oh. Yeah, they're, a lot of them are very scared of me. Uh, a lot of people in general are scared of me. Yeah, and that's fair. Yeah. You're kind of big and loud, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like it that way, though. I was not raised. Sure the opposite. I was not yeah. raised to be meek nor mild. That's boring take up room yeah shit where was i going where are you going uh oh yeah i want to talk about like the idea that yes all women how it's like yeah all women have to deal with it Mm -hmm. but uh, and then you have the not all guys those not all guys there seems to be like a huge something buffering us from seeing what you guys are dealing with like is it taking place uh you're just not paying attention sorry okay Oh. Or, or women aren't. Well, I mean, sometimes it's it happens all around you. Yeah. It really does, and sometimes it's little. Sometimes it's um, your neighbor. You know what I mean? It happens to everybody. Yeah, uh, it doesn't it, happen when I'm, when I'm around. But it's it, sneaky. But you and, have to. You still know about you have, it. It's, yeah. it's just a matter of paying attention. You know, look look on look around you and see what's happening. Like, see if your boss is. If someone's calling, you know, a coworker, are they calling her honey, sweetheart? Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey, kid. I'm sorry. I'm 30 years old. Do not infantilize me. Um, there's, there's just, there's, there's little sneaky ways of tar- using targeted language. Yeah. So something that you, as a dude, you might you'd be like, oh, that was harmless. That was fine. But me, as a woman, having heard all of these things my whole life about, you know, being. Um, you don't it's, want don't want to be too big. Don't want to be too rough. Mm. You know, you have to be polished. You have to be. Uh, you want to be feminine. Um, but even though the like the yes all women thing, is it not more about like all women have been abused, abused. or yeah, yeah faced an abuse and it's because so. why abused why, why or harassed? Would, why would just any woman come up to you and be like, uh, hey, so uh, you know Chuck uh, raped me yesterday. You know, like if you're not hearing about it, 
Yeah. You, you oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? But, I mean, also, like, something I saw on Facebook, if it's if men are so well-intentioned in telling women to smile, why aren't they going around telling other men to smile? Oh, because you get punched in the face. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But if I do it, <gasps> then I'm a feminazi. Yeah. No, I hear... Right? And so, I, I, was, I was on a date once, and uh, someone went to the... My date went to the bathroom, and I was just looking at my phone, and the guy at the table next to me goes... Smile, baby. He'll like you more. Oof. Oof. I got angry. We had to leave. Because I, I was like, what the fuck? Again, my go-to is, what the fuck did you just say to me? He's like, oh, come on, baby. And I was like, one, I'm not your baby. That's another thing. Calling someone baby. Yeah, that's creepy. It's instant infantilization. It's oh, instant. Yeah. You're a ch- yeah, yeah, you're a child. I am. I have to look after you because you cannot make your own life decisions. I used to be told to smile when I worked at the movie theater. I don't I get like, talking to a stranger out of the. <laughs> oh, that's. Yeah. I do not respond well to being told to smile. I will smile if I fucking will. Please like it. Please, whatever. You know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> She's smiling right now. That's a good thing. Oh, so happy. <laughs> yeah, I was told to smile at the movie theater, and it's like there's nobody around. I'm sitting here in a box office reading a book like smile like an idiot what, what are you talking you about you want me to smile at like you don't owe to smile yeah no woman owes the world their smile you do not have to be pretty for people you do not have to dress like the what this expectation that like it even it came up in my class today because we were talking about one of the Jill one of the, teaches voice and speech i teach voice and speech yeah. uh we were talking about this like lymph, lymphic draining where oh, yeah, you yeah, kind yeah. of like move stuff around your face in the morning so your face is less puffy. Oh, I get so much lymphic draining. <laughs> anyway, one of the guys was like, is it is it different for men than women? Because like, I just roll out of bed and I'm, I don't really notice. Oh, and I was like, that's that's no, that's my privilege. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's because the world hasn't told you that your hair has to look a certain way and you have to wear makeup and your clothes have to be a certain way and, and that you're puffy, you're fat. Like, mm. the world has told you that... You're great the way yeah. you are because you have a dick. You don't have to do anything, yeah. Yeah, but the rest of us have to go and, you know, use an exfoliant and a toner and scrub and put on, because, you know, and hey, it, makeup's great. I love makeup, but I also, you know, it's just, it's that, it's that extra level of privilege, whereas we are, we have, to, we feel as though we have to do this mm. for society. And then people feel as though they, we, they are entitled to it. Yeah. You know, they're like, ooh, you know, um, you know, guys will be like, well, why didn't you wear this? It's like, sorry, strange man. Ugh. When I went out to live my life today, I didn't realize that I was going to be presenting in front yeah, of you. Yeah, that so. I had to put on high heels for you. Who the fuck are you that you think I will live my life yeah. to dress myself and to work my appearance to please you in the 10 seconds I walk past you? I did a stand up set mm. once and somebody was like, nice legs. And I was like, not the point. <laughs> not the point. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's uh, it's infuriating because it's like, if I dress nice, I'm dressing nice for myself. It's because I feel good in what I have on. And yet I know that and there's either going to be... They're only doing this because they feel like uh, in a safe place where they're not going to be called on their bullshit. And that's exactly. why when I do call them on their bullshit, yeah, because you I'm don't do the that to one. a guy because a guy would punch you in the face for that. If a guy did it to a guy. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so and that, what I'm that's learning why is you gotta speak up to your douchebag guy. Friend. I don't have any douchebag guy friends. I well, get them. some and then destroy them. <laughs> I don't. I met some on. of your friends. <laughs> <laughs> Being who I am, uh, it can be very 
difficult because I I don't back down. Did you have to put up with this in Nova Scotia? Oh my god, yes. Okay, right. It's so much worse in Nova oh, Scotia. Oh shit, okay. So much Small worse. town? Yeah, I feel like maybe... Rural. Least, yeah. Middle of nowhere. At least somewhere where there's like a, a, a range of educated... I mean, not the people... Well, but Whoa, they, what? In the, <laughs> where are you going like, with this, Brady? Here's what I'm thinking. If you've been to university, if you live in a, in a multicultural society... Uh, Hopefully, people are educated enough not to treat women like uh, objects. Whereas, old white guys in rural Nova Scotia or in Welland, Ontario, uh, don't not so much with the educated. Yeah. Spend well, all the time with their old buddies. men friends. Some of them are very well educated, but they also like they'll go to they go to like a university in Nova Scotia. They don't really kind of branch out very much, and it's always like, well, it's all about tradition and it's all about heritage and culture and and so it's a lot of well this is how things are this is this is how things work in picta county this is what women do in picta county and this is what men do in picta county and this is how you behave and this is how i behave and don't rock the boat so that was always an issue like the the feminist struggles my mom had to go through in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s to be the very outspoken very incredibly articulate and well-educated woman she was trying to get um uh, a principalship, a, a, an administrative position within a high school. So many times she was passed over for men. Come on now, women aren't allowed to be principals. For, and, and there was one time she was going in for an interview, and the other guy, the other guy comes man. out and he gives her a punch on the shoulder. Goes maybe next time, kiddo. Ugh. Oh, that she wow. hadn't even interviewed for it yet, and this guy was already like, oh, I have it in the bag. Like oh. what a dick. And so the shit she had to deal with. To get to the position she did eventually, which was principal of the largest school in the district, uh, that was that was such a challenge. But the thing is, is she 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 broke through all those glass ceilings, and then they instantly just made them again. Mm. So all the all the bullshit that my mom she became like the exception that proves the rule. Pretty much, yeah. It, it's just it's so difficult, and it, it makes her so upset to see me having to deal with the same. She's like, why why are you having to deal changed. with the same stuff yeah. that I did? 40 years ago. This is bizarre. It doesn't make sense. But my, I don't have a penis. I have huge testicles, but no penis. Um, my testicles in this case. I don't know if you should if, the, if you should demean your own body yeah, to incorporating... Go. I have see- the largest <laughs> ovaries I've been seeing a lot you. more pro-ovary stuff yeah. going out there. It's like, yeah, I'm going to stop saying lady balls. Yeah. So you got. You know, check I mean, out I guess the, they're still kind of ba- no, lady well, almonds. La- uh, yeah, but lady you can call them ovaries. Yeah. Or oves. Lady oves. Um. Great. So we wish you the uh, greatest success. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Actually, I should I should say I am a I'm a very happy person. <laughs> I have a very happy life. I have lots of happy people around me. I just have my my issues with um, I don't know, sexual assault, rape. Uh, feminism, which I think are good issues to have, and I think it's uh, important to have a healthy amount of rage around those. Yeah, and to talk about it as much as you can, because there's a lot of movements to try to silence that, to sweep it under the carpet, and then that's you're just perpetuating the environment where that happened in the first place. Exactly. That's why it's good to be a loud, aggressive woman, not let anybody tell you otherwise. Ain't that right, Nick? I agree. I... Yeah. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry you had to put up with that. That sounds like bullshit. It is bullshit. That's why I drank. Purple <laughs> 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 <Start> eye. <laughs> <laughs>